I'm, I'm doing the intro, mate. Oh, right. Yeah. <laughs> to the whole episode. Is that right? Yep. What episode number are you up to? Doesn't matter. I just say I've got, I've got, I've got no idea. The third anniversary. Yeah, it's a pretty much third anniversary episode. Hi there, folks. Kate Burke from Think Agri speaking. I'm here with the Ag Watchers legends, Andrew and Matt. Nearly forgot their names. And it's the third anniversary of their fantastic podcast. And um, I'm here just to have a bit of a chat with them today. Well, Kate, you do know that we don't do any edits. So, so the, exactly. intro, the intro is going to be right from the start when you were confused when, when you're confused about whether you actually want to do the intro. Oh, that's you all right. You wouldn't be you wouldn't be the first person that's come in like that. And, yeah, kind of. I'm an open book. <laughs> it was it was relaxed. It was it was good. I've, we, we can't judge people because the reason why we get people to do the intros is because so you it's, can laugh at us. <laughs> uh, it's starting to get that way, but it's harder than you think. It's easy. It's easier to introduce yourself than someone else. I think. In all fairness, in all fairness to Kate, though, as well, we only just literally told her a minute or two before you. <laughs> it was a minute or two. It was, it was uh, ten seconds. <laughs> oh, by the way, you're doing the intro. Right, go. go. <laughs> and but I, but I think it's also a test <laughs> of, of how quick on your feet you are, and so. Kate, we've known you for a long time, and we knew that it wouldn't phase you. No, you'd be right. Well, flexibility, you know, when you're the youngest of six and with four older brothers, you had to be pretty quick on the on your feet, particularly if you jabbed a quick one in there and uh, then realised it had gone into a spot it shouldn't have. Then you had to run like hell. So, just <laughs> being quick on my feet, well trained. Got, got, got to be quick. Got to, got to be quick worried. So. Speaking of being sweet witted, we've got the next the next test. No, we've got I've got we've got to do some uh, what's it called? What it's some uh, word association? No, psychological testing. No, what's the word? I don't know. Profiling. We've got to get some some stuff out the way first before we start. Uh, Ah, clear the stuff. Clear the stuff. Uh, We did receive uh, complaints about the podcast. What's this? And I I haven't I haven't I haven't actually told you all about the complaints. Okay. Uh, one of them, and we might mention this before. One of them was that we talk over each other too much. True. Can you stop doing that? Probably not. <laughs> I'm trying to talk <laughs> over you at the moment. Uh, so chances, chances of us. There's actually a, 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 a Scottish joke about that. Really? That person's so rude. They kept talking whilst I was trying to interrupt them. <laughs> the second, the second complaint was from my dear Auntie Julie, mm-hmm. who was complaining. We haven't mentioned her on a podcast in a long time. So I thought I'd go into a bit of a story about Auntie mm-hmm. Julie. Before the Sixth Sense. Before the Sixth Sense, just to I get out. And, and at what point are Matt and I supposed to talk over you? Mm-hmm. I'm about to go into a deep and meaningful story <laughs> about my childhood here. Righto, off when you I, go. When I was about seven, my aunt took me to Spain, España, on holiday. So Matt and I both got pretty big facial scars, if you've ever seen us <laughs> up close and personal. I got, a I got to go to Pyramid Hill for holidays. I got a, a, a scar through my eyebrow, which was my aunt took me to holiday. I rolled over in bed, cracked my head off the sideboard, woke up in the morning with a pool of blood and a scar on my face. And then as you might not notice this, 
it's hard to notice now because I've been in Australia so long. I'm quite pale. <laughs> and the Spanish sun for a seven-year-old boy is quite fierce in July. And so I also ended up with scars on my shoulder from extremely bad sunburn. So that is why I'm here as an ad consultant and talking on this podcast and not strutting my stuff down the uh, Parisian catwalk as a male model. And the point of the story is? My auntie Julie was complaining that I hadn't mentioned it. <laughs> and, so, and so she gets a whole three-minute story about to, to follow up on. And so a three-minute story about neglecting her nephew and, and exposing him too much to the sun. Yep, that's it. That's so sure. <laughs> sure, sure, sure. Julie, well done. And uh, I'd like to say thank you for taking me on a holiday. It was a lovely holiday. And I've got memory, I, I, and I've got scars to remember it by every time I take my top off. And mm. a bit more exciting than Pyramid Hill. Well, it's, it's, it's as close probably as Pyramid Hill is from Melbourne to Spain. Yeah. <laughs> like, like, like Scotland to Spain. It's, only, mm. it's not that far, really. Righto. We've finished that Hoibug tangent. Auntie Julie won't ask again to be kind of spoken about. No, exactly. That's that's what happens. You you, you play seven. Yeah, games. your auntie's you, man. You, you, yeah, how's your auntie? Uh, um, just trying to think if there, there's there's none there's none that are alive now. I'm a bit older than Andrew, so no, I haven't got. I was any about to say the same mine are all dead. <laughs> <laughs> I just had to think for a second, but yeah, yeah. they're all. They're all gone. So yeah, no, a bit, bit, bit uh, older than Andrew. So yeah, that's what happens. Mm, that's why we're wiser. Mm. It's true. Well, yeah, right. Six cents. Let's get into this serious because people right. do complain that this is not serious mm-hmm. enough too much. and not professional enough. Right. So, so we are going to get into the six cents. You, you, you have been on here before. Yep. So, so we are. We I'm have. Ready. Pro- we have professionalized it because now Matt keeps account. So we. So we don't get lost halfway through and <laughs> not remember whether we're on four, well, five, we still, or seven. We still do. We still, we still do get that, lost, yeah. but you know, we're not we're not numbers guys. Um, <clears throat> let's not explain it. Let's just get into it, Matt. Yeah, you go first. Resilience. Resilience, the ability to stay productive and stay well. Favorite, and useful. Favorite film. The Sound of Music. <laughs> your, fa- your facial reaction. I oh, know I'm supposed to say Shawshank Redemption or The Big Short, or but I love The Sound of Music. It's a good. That's true. The Sound of Music. I just want to highlight as well that I don't think, I can't speak, I can only speak for myself, but I'm pretty sure none of us have had any wine today. No, but it seems that way. Yeah, <laughs> I have That's, just um, finished my third coffee. You Actually. won't know this. You won't know this reference, Andrew. But I'm pretty sure Kate will. That that song that you sang there about the hills are alive. That little segment. Every time I hear that, I remember the Paul Hogan sketch where he did it, and then they fired off a shot, and down goes um, what was the name? Aunt, but the the, the Delvin one. Delaney. That's it. <laughs> Paul Hawken, is that the one that was Crocodile Dundee? Yeah, yeah, yeah but he, yeah, he, yeah. Used, to, he used to have a skit ago, show. Years ago, you said one in the in the 70s, probably it was. I would have thought yeah, it was. And he'd, and he'd just do little comedy stuff, you know, before there was any other skit shows. Right on, right on. Right on, come on, Matt. We're getting, we're, we're deviating. 
significantly. And I can't remember the last time whether we asked you this one, so I'm going to ask you it again. Uh, Haggis. Uh, no. But I do. will go with lamb's fry and and kidney and brains. Just not haggis. Yeah, they're all good good alternative options. Especially you don't get brains often these days. But right, Mark, come on. Angle grinders are good for opening up the shed the sheep's head to get the brains out. Just saying. Favorite musician. Um. Oh, this changes. I think. Um. Oh, yeah, I've got four or five running in my head. I'm going to go with, I'll go with Paul Kelly. It's a bit boring, but good response. He's very what clever. A, uh, wait, 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 that's a guy, there's that song about gravy. Is that right? Yes. Yeah, 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 correct, yeah See, I'm telling you, like 13 years in Australia, no, no, I'm, no. Uh, I'm knowing everything. I'm practically yeah. Aussie now. Yeah. There you go. Almost. Who said about- Australia didn't have culture? If you ha- read his book, The A to Z of Paul Kelly, it actually is quite a good literary read. He's got a good turn of phrase. Interesting life as well mm. from, uh, from his early days. Um, what about flood response? Um, uh, I was about to use swear word, um, an S show and a cluster F. Um, flood response, ongoing and necessary to manage people's emotions at the moment because people are getting triggered by just these, you know, this little wet period we're having now. Mm. And there's a lot of anxiety out there. So mm. it's a really tricky time, particularly for, like, Rochi, Rochester's only just down the road from me, drive through it a lot, lots of mates down there and... um yeah, the media's long gone, but... Right, right um, up, short answers for the sixth sense. <laughs> We're going to come back to that. We'll come yeah, back. come back to that one because it's, we'll, we'll, we'll it's a big one. Back. What? Last one. Yeah, I, I kept the track of it, Matt. <laughs> um, carbon trading schemes. <laughs> carbon farming. One Use word. Car salesman. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I was going to say double glazing salesman, but that's uh, close enough. Right, oh, well, you've passed the test. Uh, I think Matt and I probably fail, failed the test because that was unprofessionally done again. I was struggling to keep up with. There were so many tangents in there. I was struggling to keep up with what number. Were, were I had to get to six. So one of, the, one of the things you mentioned there a few times was stress. And I, 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 was, I was thinking the other day that when you, when you talk to people in agriculture at the moment – Everyone seems to be, as they say in Scotland, up to the high door in, in stress. <clears throat> and I think everyone seems to be worried about something. And I think if you look at it from like West Australia, they've got yeah. a whole, they've got some they've got some things to be worried about. Like, they've got a whole, whole heap of issues. Yeah. Like, and somebody came up with a report today saying it's the most regulated for agriculture in Australia now, followed by Victoria. And so it's they've got a lot of concerns, but what are you seeing around the tracks? You speak to farmers in your area all the time. Yeah, yeah, same. And I'm, um, I was in a leadership group, a leadership uh, experience last year, run by run by grain growers, oh, yes. um, grain growers association. Is that that social leadership? Yeah, social like? leadership program. So I was a, I was actually a participant. So it was really nice to be a participant in something rather than you know someone 
being asked to do the speaking. And we, we never the, get invited to those things. Yeah, well, you know, I was just like, well, it's the leadership part that probably puts it, puts us out of the running. Yeah, that's why we need the training, Matt. All oh, right, okay. Like you, you we're going. Yeah, I'll, I'll, we're, I'll, I'll nominate <coughs> you boys. Okay, I'll see how we go there. Well, we we're actually going for. If you didn't know, if if you listen to our podcast with Murray Watt, uh, oh, yeah. we, oh, is this part of your Australian uh, order we're, of Australia? Going straight to the top. we're going straight to the Order of Australia. Well, Andrew did. Well, yeah. I think like there's no point decking around. This just yeah, fair point. Anyway, back to my back to back me to- answering <laughs> your question. Um, That's enough about you. Remember. <laughs> Chatting to met some really cool uh, people from WA, WA farmers in that group, and I guess and we who, share who, a little. Who was that? Um, oh, it's half a dozen different farmers. It, um, don't need to say their names. So I, I just using this little WhatsApp group that we've all kept in touch. You know, I can really feel the stress that's come on board with the cultural heritage legislation, the live export. Um, and just, you know, and, and for a while, a lack of rain. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And, and, um, and just, there, there is a lot to worry about. And off in last year, of course, you know, the fertilizer prices were off the charts and, um, and commodity prices on the livestock side of things have, have, uh, calmed down compared to what they, what they were. And, if you want to find something to worry about, you you and they're genuine worries for sure. There's um you know there's a whole smorgasbord of worries out there. There's no doubt about that. And I think in the east, I think um those of us that were locked down considerably, I think there's still a bit of a COVID residue. And then you had mm. the the flood long seasons like on the grain job. Um, high rainfall seasons are really hard work. You know. Not only is there the flood and the potential physical and financial impact, but they're just really hard seasons to manage, and people are exhausted, and now they've got all the way through to cropping, and they're still exhausted. A big part of that as well is just lack of labour as well. So yeah, 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 yeah. People have to do a a shitload of work, a a lot of work, sorry, Um, because they don't have the labour, they don't have the staff, so they're doing double shifts or or whatever it may be, just to just to get things done. There's how no, how no, much? No how risk. much of it? How much of it too is around? Just it's almost like a feeling of uncertainty, and you know uh, whether it's because of what transpired. Like through COVID, you had a lot of disruption to things like supply chains that haven't completely sorted themselves out. We're now in an environment with increasing interest rates and inflation, which kind of it's not a normal inflationary environment where where it's demand driven. It's often supply driven inflation, and the government doesn't seem to be pulling the right levers to get it under control. So I think there's a lot of factors that are making people feel quite or lacking in confidence too. Oh, they are interest rates that that's um, one I should have mentioned before when I was um, putting out the the bucket lists of potential worries. It's a big one that keeps keeps coming up. And um and you're right, there, there seems to be a there is a bit of a transformational shift particularly on the interest rate and inflation story, you know, we've got a whole generation now that don't know what it's like to have a loan with an interest rate above 10%. Mm. And um, and businesses and the growth trajectory of businesses in the last 20 years has you know, really exploited the fact of cheap money. And 
and the days of cheap money appear to be over for a while. If, I mean, if you look at the long-term average cash rate, we're still not back at the average. What yet. was the average, 7.5? Uh, in terms of borrowing, it would have been up there. But, yeah, the cash rate, I think, uh, as an average, is closer to like 4.5 or 5%, something like that. Well, why are we just now in the cash rate? 3.75? Uh, yeah, I think it's, 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 it's around 4 or just under 4. Something, so, something like yeah. that. But it's interesting, isn't it? Because you know, we're, we're old enough, Andrew, Matt and I, to um, – you know, my first car loan had an interest rate of uh, 14%. And um, when I was at uni, mum and dad were paying 19 to 20% for an ag loan. Yeah. And our first house loan was about 10%. So I think for our generation, we and Matt, you're probably a bit younger than me, but it's certainly anyone over 55 um, to 65, it's probably more comfortable with the interest rates than, than younger ones because we... we well, we're testament to the fact that ag businesses can can get through a really high period of interest rates because these farms, you know, the farms have been here for 150 years and they've been through all these cycles of disruption. I'd probably argue though on that one that there's a higher level of leverage now, I would suspect, too, and whether it's personal loan or, or, or loans on residential property or indeed farm loans, I think there has been... Because of mm. that long, long period of very low interest rates, there seems to be a, a capacity. People have taken on more debt to equity and other things like that. So, or debt to income levels is higher than what it has been historically. So, I think we wouldn't need to get interest rates up to you know twelve or fifteen percent before we started. I think we're starting I, to see some stress coming through now. Oh. I, I, I don't want to. I don't want to be the the, the Gen Y. Am I Gen Y? Millennial? What am I again? Nineteen eighty-five. <laughs> The, the little, ex- very young little ex- boy, anyway. yeah, same. The youngster. I don't want to be that, but I think oh. I know a lot of people in my generation. Like, and I went out and bought big mortgages, took out big mortgages, way above what they should have done to live in Richmond or Fitzroy or whatever. And even a two percent interest rate rise is going to hurt them. Mm. Like we're four point one just now on cash rate. So what's that in borrowing? Mm-hmm. Oh, that would be about yes. If, if you if you if you go to good kind of deal with your loans, you could be around somewhere in the sixes. Yeah, yeah. And so they're going to be struggling. And I know a lot. Oh, of, no doubt. Lot, I'm not diminishing lot, that at all. A lot of people I talk to are sort of, you know, just worrying about what they cut out, and they're not used to like we're we're a consuming nation and we're a consuming generation, and like I don't consume much because I'm a tight ass. <laughs> um. And so I just, I just, I just put my money under the bed and just. That's why my bed's six feet high. Uh, but <laughs> the the reality mm. is that people will start to struggle. So I think you're right, Matt. I think the leverage rate is high, mm. and we don't normally talk about markets on this podcast, even though it's supposed to be a markets. But I'm going to do that. I'm going to talk about markets. <laughs> do you remember? You guys might remember this in the mid '80s when interest rates were at yeah, seventeen percent. I do. I do. Do you remember there was one of the banks that a salesman going around selling Swiss 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 loans? Swiss, I do. Swiss, Swiss loans. Yeah, it, it's very very reminiscent because I, obviously there was a currency component to that. So you're mm. like getting very cheap Swiss loans, but the currency like, part it of like, it, it was like like two percent or something versus it was Westpac. Bank. It was Westpac. Yeah, that, yeah. yeah, that, yeah. Um, I, wasn't, I wasn't going to name names. Yeah, well, probably going to get sued now. 
<laughs> well, again, you can't, again. Get, you can't get sued. You can't get you sued. You have to name su- companies like Pyramid that don't, no longer yeah, exist. Yeah, no, but you can't get sued for slander or libel if you're telling the truth. Otherwise, <laughs> we're packed that off with the loans. So, yeah. Um, but they, yeah, so they were taking out the loan, which was unhedged. And that was the reason why the interest rate was so low because there was an unhedged currency exposure. And you've got to remember that the Australian dollar floated in 83. So it was a fairly new environment for people. And they had this whiz bang. You know, offshore borrowing product that you could access very cheap rates, but it was because you were exposed. So when the currency copped a shellacking, the rate went from you know three percent to eighteen percent or something ridiculous. You but, know, but, but people yeah. people lost, like people had a mortgage that was worth like a million, and it became the mortgage ended up becoming two million to repay. Mm. And because mm. that got me thinking when I was looking at the interest rates of the day, I was thinking, do I stick my money in an Argentinian? You know, eighty nine percent interest account. That's saying uh, sovereign risk. Maybe not there, but there you go. There's a bit of markets. People complain that we don't talk about markets enough. So there's historical markets. Just back on the, I guess the comment about where leveraging's at at the moment. No, it it's easy to to generalize, um, and every business is different and. Mm. We in Broadacre in southeastern Australia, we've had a really strong, particularly Victoria, we've had a really strong um, three-year period. So I'm actually seeing, you know, balance sheets that are really, really healthy. Um, but the worry is certainly still there, despite the the, the healthy balance sheet, because it's you know, we're as humans, we're we're designed to detect worry. Like we're worry, we're danger detection machines. How much do you reckon too that like because like anyone that's been around the game for a while would know that you get these cycles in weather and weather patterns of yep. rainfall and and markets and you know pricing and whatnot. So anyone that's been around long enough knows that it's pretty uncommon to see three years in a row of good season. So do you think even though we're still I mean part of what we're still getting pretty wet winter, the bureau's been wrong in their forecasts about it being a drier winter, which is the accuracy is not the greatest this time of year. That's that's fair enough. But do you think most people have pretty much just resigned to the fact that we are about to head into a drought and they're behaving almost like we're in drought, even though there's plenty of water about the place? Yeah, so a couple of things to pick up on there. Um, yeah, certainly even l- last year I was having discussions with people, well, the next dry years, you know, just logic says that it's, it's can't be that far away, and that was before the forecasting tools. Um, in in terms of the bureau's um, uh, accuracy, they're actually not wrong because what they 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 didn't actually predict a dry June. They if you if you look at the data, the, the way they present information, they present it in terms of the probability of exceedance. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So they they said that there's X percent probability of not exceeding the median rainfall. And so if they've said it's 70%, for example, then three out of 10 years will still exceed. Yeah, 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 correct. Yeah, yeah, correct. So I just just want to pick up on a technical thing that people don't understand. It's so easy to say, oh, they got it wrong, but they actually haven't got it wrong. And if if you go into the break down the three months for winter, it was always that July and August would be when the dry period started. And and the 
and um, and June was a, a bit more benign. And what's happened, though, is you've got this weather, the difference between, I guess, weather and climate. What's happened in June is you've got these systems that are these weather systems that aren't related to weather, weather, pardon the pun, yeah. um, things are El Nino or IOD positive, these separate weather systems that are causing these um, jet streams of, of really... Um, you know, massive wind streams that are creating their own weather systems. And, and that's essentially what's been responsible for these this un, unseasonal rain in the in the centre of Australia. And I guess and we've picked we're getting um from the southern oceans, what they call the southern annual mode, that's what's driven the rainfall for us in, in early June. Um but you're right, it, it, it's confusing to understand when you've sort of got in your head, well, if the worst case scenario is El Nino plus an IOD positive, what I call Group F years, then the first half of the year, though, is still a bit wet, then how do we manage that? Mm. And and um, how do we make sure we we capture the opportunity of having a full moisture profile and don't get, don't, over-manage the downside risk, but at the same time don't ignore the downside risk. So it is a really, it's a classic um, uncertainty conundrum, I reckon. But that's fine, isn't it? And I reckon what you need to do to do that at the moment is, um, you know, if we use cricket parlance, seeing there's a, uh, the ashes oh, is on. It's really you're, going down, you're going down an avenue that's not <laughs> hang our up. main. Hang up. Uh, hang just, up. Bear with me here. Bear with me here. Can you do something like AFL? <laughs> Even AFL is a bit better, but come on, not cricket. Uh, I let used me to, go uh, on cricket. Uh, it's about taking, well, actually, no, we'll do an AFL because it's the same thing. It's about adjusting the game plan for what's in front of you. I'm glad, um, you, I'm glad you said game plan because cricket's not a sport, it's a game. <laughs> and with cricket, it's, it's, it's about hobby. facing it's every ball. So knowing where you're at, you know, if it's pouring rain at your farm, it's been pouring rain and the regional forecast is for um, Snow. drought, well, you're obviously not having a drought on your patch, are you? So you've got yeah. to manage your situation. That's that's um, That's what I mean by, you know, playing every ball on its merits. I'm still interested to hear what the cricket analogy was, though, even though we're not fans of cricket. Just so I was playing every ball on its merit. So if ah, you've got a right, bloke, okay. you know? I, I think it's lost on us, Matt, because we don't know anything about cricket. They, they could use a puck for all I know. I know <laughs> I know that they stopped to have a cup of tea, morning tea and lunch and dinner and afternoon. I believe tea. you're not invested in the ashes. You know, if the Australian cricket team's going well and St Kilda Footy Club are going well and my golf game's going well, my mental health is very good. You know, do you know next month we've got to do an MCing event with three or four AFL players? Is there really? Yeah. <laughs> I got no I I've got nothing to ask them. And, and maybe I'll put this out as a as a as a as a as a request for questions. Do you know their names? Yep. Uh let me just have a look. <laughs> Yeah, this is going to be good. This is going to be really good podcasting. Well, I'll, I'll send you. I'll send you a list of questions for them. Huh? Uh, so, so, do we start? So, my my, 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 only, my only question, my first question is, uh, why do you call it Aussie rules football when you use your hands? 
and there's no rules. <laughs> so I'm not sure what to do after that. Um, guest speakers, no, they've got no. I had a list. They've disappeared. Maybe they. Right. I think the audience is getting bored with us now. We've yeah, yeah. Topic. But stress, stress is an interesting concept. Yeah. Yeah. I, I had a discussion about stress the other day with someone because people deal with stress in completely different ways. Yeah. Like I reckon, if I was in a stressful environment, nobody would know. Yeah. Nobody would pick up that I was stressed out. Apart from Matt, because he knows me so well. <laughs> so, 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 how do you deal with that when people deal with stress? Like, stress is like, I reckon I generally do better in a stressful situation and under stress. Yep. Than outside of stress. But how do you deal with that? Is from like a sort of resilience point of view. If people, if you never know somebody's stressed out, like the oh, duck, like, like the duck that's looking all calm on the top and their legs. Yeah, are, yeah, yeah. So I, I reckon these these. The way I think about stress is um, if you do like a, a diminishing returns graph and so there's good stress and then bad stress. So the good stress is, you know, it gives you the motivation to to get stuff done and you know, a bit of adrenaline's good. Um, if you're like me and sort of need a bit of a deadline stress to that, that that's good stress. But then if, if your brain chemicals so uh, uh, you know overshooting and over overfiring, and and the stress response is actually affecting you physiologically, so that you can't think straight, you've got brain fog, you might feel physically sick, you're irritable, and not very nice to be around. So then, Matt, Matt, are you okay? Because you've been irritable and not nice to be around for the last six years. <laughs> that's only that's only in the morning. So, 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 so you're, you're stressed out up until 2 p.m. Just be thankful you're not married to him. But, um, <laughs> you know, and, and this is speaking from someone who knows because I can be all of those things, difficult to be around. That's when stress isn't so useful. And I um, I try and I talk about this in I reckon there's we've got four states of mind and and if we think about our, you know, peace of mind and think about how productive we can be and how functional we can be, what I like, um, I call these thinking landscapes or different paddocks that, that we're in. And um, I think most of us, particularly if we're busy and, and involved in agriculture and there's a lot going on and just life in general, we spend a lot of time in our head. You know, there's a thousand things to do. We're trying to please a thousand people. We're worried about all the things we were talking about before. So we're quite productive, but we're stressed. Mm -hmm. And and you can only do that for so long without needing needing some sort of a circuit breaker. I reckon for some people the defence mechanism is to actually be in the clouds. So these are the guys that are so relaxed, you know, You'd have to run a truck over them to to if they were any more laid back, they wouldn't be alive. And that's good to a point, but if there's something they're in denial about, so like a say a a, a family succession issue that's mm. imploding, or you know it, it's clearly we're in a in a drought and they need to start thinking about um, selling off some some livestock. 
and they think that they can carry them through longer and longer and longer and, you know, yeah, it might rain next week, it might rain next week when it's pretty clear it's not going to. Head in the sands rather than head in the clouds then, right? Yeah, yeah, exactly, exactly. So I've just called that in the clouds and it's you could, it's quite pleasant but it's temporary pleasant because... Temporary relief. Yeah, yeah, it is. And so the peace of mind is great but actually in terms of useful productivity and useful decision making is not so great then i reckon the other one that's not pleasant and this is not pleasant and also being not productive is when stress and and denial end up you go from being head in the sand or being in your head to actually being a bit buried and a bit stuck so mm-hmm. i call that the swamp and so you know the mary o'brien are your bog mate stuff and that's where that's where, um, you know, with that stress we can't think straight. We might just need a good night's sleep. And, and you know, physiological, well, clinically, if you're in that state for weeks and weeks on end, that's when it really does um, does make a difference if you reach out and, and seek some support. Can I ask a question? Matt, yeah, sure. oh, it's a question for you, Matt. Yeah. Mm-hmm. How do you relieve stress? Um, you because because I've never really seen you, and I don't think you've ever seen me all that stressed. Even though we've been for a lot no. of stuff, no. I now, mean, the closest... are, I think none of us have really been stressed. No, I don't. I, to be honest with you, I, I find I don't. Um, <clears throat> like I know, I know we've had discussions. Actually, past, actually, but... actually, when I phoned you yesterday <laughs> morning at quarter to ten, yesterday yeah. morning. Yeah. What did, what did what were the words you said to me? Oh, I can't remember. It was yesterday. This effing seeing Microsoft effing Teams <laughs> is an effing seeing piece of essing effing I'm just gonna, seeing. I'm just gonna say. I'm just gonna say that that Bill that's Gates, not stress. That's just anger. <laughs> yeah, that's right. That, that's what I was gonna say. So you might confuse my stress response with when the computer doesn't work right. And you've seen that. We've spoken about that when we used to share an office before. The you know, in the mornings I'm grumpy, but that's not stress. That's just me in the mornings. And then it added adds to the grumpiness if the computer doesn't work. So I do get annoyed by that, and I get frustrated. But I, I wouldn't say I get stressed because the frustration is what's relieving the stress. <laughs> the the obvious signs of frustration. So I, I would say I don't. And I'm even going back to the days when I used to trade currencies, well, that was probably it's considered one of the more stressful jobs that someone can do. I think in a in a in a mental sense, not necessarily a physical sense, where you're risking risking a lot of money that potentially isn't yours anyway. But when I was having a shit day of that, I'd often my response was often to laugh and to giggle about it because I just saw the humour in it, mainly because it probably wasn't my money. But um, I, yeah, I don't, I don't, uh, yeah, I think if if you're fortunate enough where you've got you know your health and good family relationships and you know all those kind of things, to me, you know, they're the most important. And I always think you know that there's lots of ways you could be worse off. So maybe I'm just an eternal optimist, so therefore I don't get stressed as much. See, I'm, or maybe I'm I'm eternal realist so i'm not a, <laughs> i'm not i'm a realist but this might surprise you matt mm. that i need to compete <laughs> and 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 yeah. the only way i can relieve stress is by competing and i'll compete on everything the way you're competing for the airspace in this I'll, I'll uh, compete, and you I'll, talk over I'm, people I'll, if mm. I'm, you get told off by your auntie julie auntie julie but i'm, I'm always yeah. competing and that's the only way that i relieve stress so like 
last night. You do a lot of physical exercise, don't you, Andrew? Mm. Thanks very much. Thanks for thanks for noticing, Kate. Matt's never played. <laughs> no, it's more thinking about those posts you put on when you've injured yourself. Yeah. <laughs> Andrew, I, I, I don't know if you can see. I've got a, a shiner there, and mm. I was doing a Greco-Roman wrestling yesterday, so I was cuddling men for an hour. Tights and all. Tights and all, and um, but so so but, but but I think that's for me. It, and even when we when we're looking at like competitors to our business, I'm always competing. I'm always saying, "Well, how can we do it better than that? How can we do this better?" But I also compete against myself. Mm. How can I do that better? You know, and maybe that's just I don't know if that's natural or not. But also compartmentalize. Yeah, and some people have the ability to do that, and others don't. And a lot of this comes back to two things: your genetic makeup and and the environment that you were raised in. And that's where you tend to learn those coping mechanisms. And you know, for some people, the um, ability to handle stress or, or not handle stress and the ability for stress to convert into something like anxiety and then potentially depression, there can be a genetic disposition for, for mm. that. And so I think it's really important to the other one of the paddocks, that's the one that I call the grounded paddock, and that's where, you know, we can be satisfied, we can have resilience and we have a toolkit and a sense of awareness to know when it's natural to end up in those other paddocks from time to time, like like you were in your head going crook at the computer yesterday or, um, you know, when we've had a family bereavement or something, we, we do get sad. And and um, and it's natural to have that cycle, but I think what's really important to understand is if we're constantly, it's like trying to run a marathon and training every day, and not and not interspersing that training with some recovery time. And I really like the quote from Mark McKeon. He says, "Stress is not the problem. The problem is lack of recovery." Mm. And I find on farm, particularly if you're brought up on a farm where there was no day off and, you know, your parents just worked 24-7, seven days a week and there was no recovery time that, um, you know, that that can be, it can be hard to organise yourself to have some recovery time even though the stats tell us that the um, high-performing farmers financially, actually there's no correlation with the hours worked. Mm. They're more likely the ones that will have sport in their life or some sort of, you know, perhaps they're churchgoers or they're community-minded people because, again, it's that law of diminishing returns. I know for myself I can't concentrate, you know, for 20 hours a day, seven days a week. I'm better off to have a day off even if it's in the middle of the week if I'm really tired because I'll pump out way more work the next day and mm. I'll be far more pleasant to be around. Yeah, being in tune with, with like you're saying, I guess it, oh, it goes back to that cricket analogy of playing the balls as they come and being in tune with you know, your, your own responses to the environment. Absolutely, exactly. and that self-awareness is really important because then that drives everything else. If you can recognise the, if you can recognise how you're feeling at the time, then if you've got a couple of strategies up, you you know, I'll need to go and cuddle men in tights and get rid of a bit of stress, then you know, <laughs> you can't a, do that. In a, in a yeah. fashion. But but you're right, but to use like to use like another AFL, you know, analogy, 
you've got to find what works best to get you a wicket or a try. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you sacrilegious. <laughs> You're a heretic. You are a heretic. Oh, what, what a... <laughs> That's true. Oh, We've got oh. different golf swings. Yeah, like if you want to go, if you want to go, if, like, but the, but the thing is, well, you can practice all you want at AFL. You're never going to get hole in one. <laughs> I reckon, I reckon, the, there's three principles. Those three principles are movement, so some sort of physical movement, mm -hmm. um, connection, so something that has you talking to other people. Yeah, and. I'm too busy laughing at Matt laughing. <laughs> Help me out here. Physical movement. Connection. Connection. And sleep. Sleep. Yeah. Those three what? things. Do you know and then from that, like obviously nutrition and diet, so that stuff's important too, but, you know, I, I like my pies. So I just go with the other three. Yeah, bugger nutrition. <laughs> like, yeah. If, if, you, if you get enough of the physical and the connection and the sleep, you can eat whatever you want. Yeah, that's well, what we reckon. Yeah. Is there a disclaimer on this podcast that there's nothing factually <laughs> correct? And you know, if, if anyone do, do not try this at home. If anyone <laughs> comes here looking for facts, this is a fact-free zone. This podcast. Yeah, so. I've just I've finally recovered now because I was wanting to switch across to something quite important. So I was probably inappropriate that I was giggling. But but sleep's but sleep's an interesting one because Matt, you don't sleep that often. This, oh. is, this is this is coming into a bit of a counselling session, actually. Yeah. But, but, but Matt, yeah, can we start on you, Andrew, and stop picking on Matt? Well, I don't, like I don't sleep that much either. I go to bed at like last night. I went to bed at one a.m. Yeah, yeah actually, yeah, so did so I. Right. And I normally yeah. go to bed much earlier than that. I, and I wake up at seven, half seven, yeah. and have a coffee. I actually had three specials, but that's by the by. But some people can get away with that time mm. after time after time. I can get away with that. I get away with that all the time, pretty much. Yeah, other people need nine hours, and they, you know, when they're putting the crop in and they're getting three hours sleep, hmm. well, the end of cropping, particularly if it goes for six to eight weeks, you know, it's a dangerous scenario. Especially with big, expensive machinery. Yeah, that can kill you. Hmm. you. You mentioned around that that flood response. You said how poor the flood response has been, but and I know I saw on social media that you're in the thick of it. With regards to when that was transpiring, you know, would you say that would be one of the more stress, more recent stressful times you'd been through that 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 period in time? Yeah, yeah, that's that's a good point. I, I do think so. Um, and and just on the the flood response, the authorities did the best they could with the tools they had at the time, and are still trying to do that. Um, it's just they're just challenging times because you've got human interaction. It's a natural disaster. There's infrastructure limitations. You know, there's whole and complex situations. And they're just really hard to manage. In terms of personally, our situation, it was stressful. Um, it, it's the first time I've ever lived in, in in a flood situation. I was away in 1993. I was actually in America when the 93 flood went through. So I'd never, and, and in 2010 or 11, January 2011, I was away again. I was in Laos. So oh, yeah. it was the first time I'd, I'd actually experienced it and the first time I'd lived close to it. And, and, and being so close to Rochester and, you know, talking to 
my mates who were actually rescue had rescued people in their tractors on that Friday night and did things that the authorities couldn't do because of the health and safety and regulation yeah. limitations on the authorities and, and saved lives. <laughs> and then going down, I took some reporters down to Rochester from The Guardian, from um, Gabby's mates down there, and we were in the thick of it watching people, you know, there was just debris on every nature strip and you know, grown men sitting on the grass with their little kids there and, and sobbing. Um, so witnessing that was, you know, and I was completely unscathed myself in a physical sense here. So, you you know, that stuff's hard to, to watch. It gets me to... floods are one of the things that gets me the heebie-jeebies. Yeah, it's, it's the one thing that I fear is like you know I'm not a good swimmer, my enemy. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I, I just even the idea of driving through water. Every time I see somebody driving through water, I'm just like, nah, not for me. I just because yeah. it's just the power of it. And I think after seeing those tsunamis in the Boxing Day, just gives me the absolute heebie-jeebies. Nothing, um... nothing else worries me apart from floods. It's it's interesting. So we live across the road from the river, and the river was probably about a kilometre wide um, at, at its peak, and normally it's, you know, probably 100 to 200 metres wide. And and just seeing everyone else's uncertainty was really tricky and and mani- helping other people manage their own uncertainty. Like everyone was in a different one of those paddocks. You had people like me who were preppers and we wanted to get on with it and get organised. You had people sitting in the clouds um, in denial and then they're cross with us because we're wanting to get organised. Then you had people that were just outright panicking and in their head. Um, you had those that were you know, relatively good problem solvers. So it was a real, real interesting dynamic. And probably the heart, the heartening thing was to see leaders stepping up in the community and mm. just using their talents for for good and that was probably the best thing out of it it's a hard one though like how do you like recovery from a flood like we in my area of scotland we get floods all the time every two or three times a year the river breaks it's burst its banks and there's certain places you just can't get insured uh, but we don't get the that's only pretty limited where the floodplains are but you said how long does it take to really recover from a flood like a domestic home because damp and disgusting and mud because it's not because it's not water it's mud that comes through you know there's it's so different depending on their insurance situation um there's people whose houses are almost fixed there's others that enough work hasn't even been started they're still getting an assessment done um, to decide whether, you know, the house is a write-off or not. Like one of our friends here in Echuca, right next door to the Compaspe River, he's, you know, he still doesn't know what's happening to his house. Whether it's, are, they, are they living Are they living in the house or are they still out of it? Like, still out of it. Gosh. He's, he's, um, he's living um, in another house that he had access to. A lot of the guys in Rochi are living in caravans in their yards or some are living down at Elmore in the 
in the facility um, at the Fildo site and they need to be out of there. I think the date's August so that the Field Days Committee can start preparing for the October Field Day. Um, a lot of people living with relatives. And then you've got these stresses when you're living with relatives, like, you know, you've got your mother-in-law who's been sitting in your chair since October last year and has taken over the remote and it's your <laughs> house, and... you know, that sort of stuff. It's It's really tricky, really tricky for them. I think that's that's the hardest bit. Like it's just the uncertain. Like the worst thing would be the uncertainty of not knowing mm. if it's going to be fixed. And even and if you leave a house after flood wars for six months, eight months, it's going to deteriorate anyway. So it's it's the assessment now, not the assessment then. <clears throat> but that's what yeah, the, insur- it's, it's, where, and, the insurance industry is terrible for taking time. Oh, and there've been some companies have been really unscrupulous by the you know what I've been reading and, and hearing mm-hmm. and and trying to there's a lot of that's the other thing that's happened is white ants have shifted in and mm. we've actually had white ants because the ground was wet for so long. So you know they're they're saying oh well that that's caused by we're not covered. damage, we're not, not, yeah, we're not yeah it's yeah not covered. We're not covered from white it's actually not true um for the, the flood related people. For us we just have to suck the white ants up and mm. deal with it. Hmm. Well, so we've di- we've diverted a bit, but I think um we've just got to help each other and be kind and just be mindful. I think of that there are people under stress and manage what we consume. So I call it um, conscious ignorance. Sometimes, like I just stop reading social media if there's a lot of negative stuff, and um because you know there's only so much stuff you can put in your head. And and manage your information diet. It's like like the food pyramid. So, you know, take a bit of information from conspiracy theory um, oh, websites, and uh, um, make some, sure you I've, listen I've to read some stuff in the last couple of days that just yeah. makes my eyes roll. Yeah, and make sure we you know look at um, reputable. Sources of information like episode three, as opposed to egg watches, um, for the good stuff. A bit like having your your fruit and veggies. Yeah, well, one of us is a vegetable. The, I'm, I'm shaped like a potato, that's for sure. Exactly. The <laughs> me too. What I think, like a, it's an age thing. It'll, think, get, it'll get him eventually. Yeah, uh, and then we'll yeah. look back and laugh at this swollen Andrew. Well, the, I just always wonder, though, like the coping mechanisms. Like, we see a lot of a lot more acceptance of stress and acceptance of what they call it now neurodivergency. I guess, and like I just think that's probably a good thing. No, absolutely. In, in general terms, yeah, better better at talking about it. That's for sure. Well, we just talked about it for yeah. the last thirty minutes. Yeah. Matt. Don't know, I don't know if we've helped the situation for anyone. <laughs> we've probably hindered, but but it's the conversation of it, you know. And I think because I do remember Matt the discussion we had with somebody else in the past because mm-hmm. I was called a negative person. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And, yeah it's, well, it's more about being realistic though, and, rather than uh, negative. Yeah, I've been called negative too. And I sort of, but I do have this opposing view about positive negativity. 
in that if you're too positive, it's actually negative for your mental health. Detrimental. Detrimental. Yeah. I call so, it toxic positivity. Toxic positivity. Well, that's probably, that's probably that sounds better. Uh, but we found a certain potential person. Uh, this is a fictional character. Uh, and, and any any, any that, that doesn't work that doesn't work for Westpac. Uh, doesn't work for Westpac. <laughs> any similarities to real life characters or situations are uh, solely uh, coincidence only. Yeah. But they had this positivity about everything. They'd gone to these mindfulness camps and Hugo von Cycleberg resilience courses and all this kind of stuff. And it was positive. Like everything was positive. If you talk about something, it's got to be positive, 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 positive. But then not everybody's on the same level. Not everyone's positive. And at some point you're going to get hit with something that's hard, hard to deal with. And you can't put a positive slant on it. Somebody kicks me in the face. I can't really put a positive slant on it. I've still got a broken face. You know, it's you can't put a positive spin on it. But you but you can't put a positive slant on everything. So what it does is it completely messes up your sort of equilibrium. Because that's where acceptance, Andrew, you use of, that word of, before. of realism. There's there's actually a psychological um toolkit, you know. Psychologists have used cognitive behaviour therapy for years, which it's about reframing your thoughts, and I just call that thought drafting. You know, think of sheepyards and drafting mm-hmm. thoughts. But acceptance commitment therapy or acceptance commitment training is about acceptance that shit happens sure. and that if, these if, situations if happen, and then committing to managing that situation. So, But maybe it's... Um, Maybe it's, it's, a, it's really useful, except maybe, but it's not. It's maybe, it's a, not maybe, it's a, maybe it's a genetic thing. I'm thinking, because Kate, we all know that you're from a Irish background. <laughs> Matt's from a Scottish background. I'm from obviously I'm a first generation of Scot, uh, or first generation of Australian. Yeah, Scottish, yeah, Scottish background. We're all miserable bastards. <laughs> well, we used to deal with we're, shit we're, things. All, shit we, sandwiches. We've been dealing with it since the Romans tried to invade, <laughs> and. <laughs> It just gets worse and worse, and you've got to accept that things things can be terrible. But this what I was trying to say is, that if you think everything is always going to be good, and you put a positive slant on even the worst of things, when you get hit with something really negative, it flows you off your kilter, and it can be quite damaging to you to yeah. your confidence. So that's I think that's the in the you know that's spending too much time in what I call the cloud paddock, because that's mm. exactly what happens. You haven't got the tools to be able to manage. If you're in the grounded paddock, you can grab the tools when you need them. And Catherine McEwen, who's a resilience uh, expert, um, she's actually Welsh background, or she is Welsh, uh, lives in Adelaide, and she and she set up um, this resilience at work program, and she was passionate about it because she didn't. It was almost like an antidote to positive psychology, hmm. and and I did her training. Um, because I found myself talking with people a lot about stress and coaching them. I thought, oh, I better you know get some background on this stuff. And uh, she's got a great model on on resilience. But I came away from her two year two days of training was that there will always be people that are dickheads, and there will always be shit that happens. And what resilience is is being able to manage that. Hmm. Ability to bounce back and ability to maneuver your thoughts around it. 
But part yeah. of that, part of that, you mentioned the cognitive behavior therapy. Part of that structure too is it, it, looking at the event that causes whatever it is that's the problem, right? And and but, but it's it not it doesn't necessarily mean to be an event. No, well, whatever, yeah, you know, whatever it is. But in this instance, say, the situation, it, just yeah, whatever it is, right? Whatever it is that's caused the issue, it's not so much the issue in itself; it's the response to the issue and how you know it's your response, and yeah. and that's what you you're not you sometimes not in control of those events or issues or things that occur but you're in control of your response and it's and it's learning hmm. the more appropriate way to respond so yeah. when so when you're using yeah. microsoft teams <laughs> it's appropriate to smash your effing and blinding is is not an appropriate response well actually i disagree with that andrew because yeah. as long as it's not doing anyone else harm and it's making matt feel better Correct. Well, maybe it is. I agree. I agree. As, as you know, and there has been I, you've, you've met me in the past, and you know, I'm a very sensitive soul. Oh, and, so I, it was I, affecting I, you, was it? Was, it was affecting me because I well, was. Maybe you need to find a different way. I was upset hearing that kind of language. <laughs> maybe you yeah. need to toughen no, up. Maybe, well, that's, maybe that's it's again, your response. Your response. Your response. I can't toughen up because I'm a millennial. It's not well, much yeah. well, I've got a great resilience um, framework via Catherine that I'm happy to mentor you yeah, on and, yeah. and um, build yeah. up your resilience. I just, so I, I just, I just hung up and said, "I'm not going to be asked to sit there." Well, that's but, perfect. Yeah, you've yeah, got yeah. you've removed yourself from the situation. I, I, I can't be bothered explaining how Teams works, so I just for fuck it. <laughs> go, 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 go on YouTube, you dickhead. There's nothing wrong. <laughs> Did you say? Did you say? Okay, boomer, as you're hanging up. Um, <laughs> but you, yeah, you, you, you're right though that 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 use of language sometimes I find is a stress relief. That's how I get rid of stress to and... carry on and swear and whatever. And um, and there's been studies shown that that helps. Mythbusters did a thing about dealing with pain responses and swearing, and it helps you relieve your pain feelings. You know, if it's a physical pain, if you swear more, you know, so. It's a, well, it's, a, it's, it's a valid it's a valid response. Valid response as long as it isn't causing other people distress. I think <laughs> on a more serious note, one of the problems we have with working with families and the family farm situation is that there is no emotional pick, filter. You can't, you can't pick mm. them. <laughs> you can't pick your family, yeah. No, no. And and sometimes, you know, we react to stress in a more emotional way in front of our family than we would if it was another work colleague, and that's not always a great thing. No, well, you're more, you're more, if you're more open, you're more that, invested. I think it's more just we, you know, yeah, we 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 don't mind our p's and q's as much. In mm. we, we don't have our manners on in front of our family, and sometimes I think. Family farms would work better if we put a few manners on. Mm. Well, I'm always I'm always playing in front of my family because I was raised well. And and oh, to a degree, to a degree, Kate, you can you can only truly be hurt by people you care about. Like if you don't care about a person, then it's quite difficult for them to really impact upon you with you know something nasty they might say or whatever. Whereas if it comes from someone you care about, then it has a lot more weight. Oh yeah, that's, that's lovely, Matt. Beautiful. And there's a difference between. That sounds like a Taylor Swift song or something. <laughs> there is, there is a difference, I think, between stuff that gets said out of frustration that isn't meant, mm. and you know, really hurtful criticism. I think there's sort of two. And one of the challenges I think in any toxic situation is trying to distill that 
for what mm. it is and manage your own response to that. So we could go on for hours about this stuff, getting into a big mm. pile. So here. that's a go, go back. Can I go back? I was going to say a step. I was going to say probably 12 steps. Uh, you did that grain growers thing. What was that about then? What was the, what was the preface of that? What was the whole, what was the point of it? Yeah. Okay. So that was, so it's called grain social leadership. Mm -hmm. And it was actually about giving people the tool, the tools to be able to lead on issues of their interest or influence, um, I guess, the thoughts and minds of the wider world about particular things that you're interested in in agriculture. Mm -hmm. So so the project worked through, you know, a bit of personality stuff and 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 your style as individuals. So Joe Eady was the leadership coach and um, it also gave us practical tools. Like we did some media training. Oh, I've met Joe Eady. Yeah, she's good. Yeah, yeah. I, I can't remember where I'm at, but. So we did some. You know, the media training was really useful. Um, there was lots of, then the idea was that you might come up with a project that you would work on. Um, and a lot of it was about productive use of social media. Probably mm. one of the things I got out of it was just making little videos and, and popping them on um, the various social channels without being sort of too paranoid about how you looked and it being professional, you know, needed to be all tricked up and so that's probably why I started doing things like the flood blog because hmm. um, it was a way for me it was a productive way of using energy actually and but hopefully also using a you know providing some some um, use by being able to put out there you know various thoughts about how the situation was managed and just keep people informed so you did those personality tests yeah we, matt and i yeah. did matt and i did the personality test last so we did disc so it was about our oh, disc yeah, yeah yeah so on direct surprise surprise well we did matt and i did i can't remember what it's called but it, what's it called again mars briggs which i'm told oh, is, yeah, oh yeah it's, um, i'm in if something something yeah that's so, it so we this is the description that matt and i, matt and I both got the same description Surprise, surprise. surprise Quick, yeah. witted, and audacious. I'll take that as a compliment. <laughs> then it starts to get a bit less complimentary. <laughs> Debaters aren't afraid to disagree with the status quo. In fact, they're not afraid to disagree with pretty much anything or anyone. A few <laughs> things lighten up people with this personality type more than a bit of verbal sparring. So and were you ENTJ? Was that your letters? Can you read? Uh, uh, e e ENTP. ENTP. Yeah. Oh, yeah. So you're always like. Uh, and if the conversation veers into controversial train terrain, so much the better. <laughs> I mean, the I'm, I, I'm not sure if that does apply to us. Like, the difference between you two and myself is I'm an F, not a T, which means I'm very feeling. So I, I've got a big dose of empathy. What about some of the things I was saying earlier that demonstrate oh. how much of a feeling person I was around, you know, being hurt by your family members and... And yeah. I, I said, I said, I said something about feelings the other on. Did I not? You, you, you've, you've upset Auntie Julie, but not. I said Julie, yeah, yeah. yeah and then, then I proceeded to insult her for. Oh, impressed with your self awareness, boys. Yeah, I mean, maybe what we should do, Matt. I'm thinking, yeah, we should retrain. As what? Psychologists. <laughs> oh yeah, maybe me too. Or not, not psychologists, because that's a lot of work. You got to go counselors, 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 because you don't. 
it's a, it's an easier qualification. Mm. Some online thing out of the US. They will become mindfulness counselors. Could do, yeah. Resilient coach. Get some crayons and books and say I think there'd need to be a big um so the real so mindfulness has been um mindfulness got hijacked. Mindfulness is actually about being in the present. Hmm. And 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 the that's the true meaning of mindfulness. But the processes that people use to be in the present is what sort of hijacked it. So meditation and all those things are just processes. Hmm. Um, and it's just sort of got picked up by the new age world, whereas the actual psychological term of mindfulness is, yeah, just being mindful and aware of what's going on right now. Hmm. There you go. I reckon I'm fairly mindful, Matt. Yeah, you are. Hmm. Oh. Okay. I could go so many places with this conversation right now, but I think no, I've said enough. There, there, I reckon that's the next idea for a podcast. What's that? A, mindful, a med- meditation Meditation podcast. podcast. That's good. I, I wasn't thinking we that. Just, we just go We're on just... all the way through the podcast. Actually, on a, just on a serious note, in terms of tools, I, there's I was, a great I was being app. serious, but... There's a great app called Healthy Minds. Oh yeah, yeah. Um, and I, it's an American one. But is it, it an takes, app? Is it an app or is it it's a an website? App. It's an app. Yeah. And it takes you through a series of sort of training programs, I suppose. And and there is some mindfulness activities and awareness activities in there. And um, yeah, it's probably one of the best ones I've ever used. Mm. Um, so I'd highly recommend that for people that are interested in just learning a bit more about managing their, their mental state. So I just did boxing, wrestling, and ice hockey. Yeah, maybe I would um, recommend you get on the app. I think you could learn a bit. Is there a section on the app that encompasses cuddling men whilst wearing tights? Whilst wearing leotards. Well, it does talk about actually the good thing about this app, it's got um, you don't have to be sitting in a chair going, mm, it's got these active meditations. So, I do, I do, it might surprise you, but I do yoga as well. Yeah, that's good. Yeah, is that the, the uh, Bikram, the Bikram hot yoga where nah, you nah, but I do, in, I do in like that. somewhere? And you know, my you know, my favorite bit of yoga is that last 10 minutes at the end where you're just lying on the we're, ground, we just lie and have a snooze. Yeah, well, I just cut out the yoga and just lie on my bed and <laughs> listen to these apps. Just before you go to bed, it's quite you know, it's an efficient use of time as well. You don't have to put on leotards. You just what, what I go could to bed. Well, that's maybe a, a second thing for us, but we could set up a second sub podcast, Ag Watchers. Mm-hmm. Fall to sleep by the sounds of Matt and Andrew. <laughs> it's been a busy day, but I reckon. We I reckon are, we, we, it, we could do. If you get a good night's sleep, make yourself comfortable. Feel. Your calves leaning against the sheets. Feel the silk sheets between your thighs. We could do a, a podcast where we, where we talk about where we talk. That's about a different the, type of Baltimore <laughs> story. A podcast where we talk about um, AFL and cricket and tennis and all those sports we enjoy so much. Well, that would get I would get me to sleep if we did a cricket podcast. I'd well, fall I'd fall asleep talking about it. What I say to my husband is, can you tell me about your golf game? Because he's one of these guys that says, well, I teed off on the first and it went slightly to the left and then I hit a seven iron and it went here. Bit of what can noise? Tell me about your golf game and, and then I'll be asleep after the fourth hole. But but Australia has won the Ashes, hasn't it? Haven't they? No, we won the first test. Yesterday was 
day one of the second test. This is in the men's. In the don't you pa- don't you pa- you pass a test? You don't win a test, do you? You win a test. Oh, boys, and, boys, and so boys. Did they win by getting a home run? Or... <laughs> boys, boys, boys. So we're two for 190-something, I think, at the end of day one. And the second test, which is at Lord's, like the hallowed turf, it's like their version of the MCG. In fact, we copied Lord's and called the rooms the same things, like the long room and such. Anyway, anytime you need me to teach you about cricket, and AFL and golf and horse racing. Uh, you've just picked all of the sports that in, in sort of, I think in order. I like, I, I do, I do like AFL. Matt doesn't, but I do like yeah. AFL. And I do watch it, but I do follow the Eagles, which is uh, a choice of uh, <laughs> a really poor one. A real poor choice. Um, yeah, no, nah, I think I'm gonna I'm gonna hold back on cricket just for now. Oh, it's just it's no, I love cricket. Right, oh, I think we've probably taken up too much of your time. Yeah. We, haven't, we haven't even talked about carbon. No, so. we haven't. Well, that's, <laughs> no, that that can be next time. That can be in your fourth anniversary. In the fourth, we'll do it next year. By that by that time, it might, might have sorted itself. No, out. it'll be all it'll be all. Everyone will be trading carbon, locking away, sequestering, and, and doing no, all this no, no, stuff. Nobody will be not even worrying about farm. We care about crops and livestock. We'd just be selling your carbon. The only stress of dollars. The only stress that farmers will have is tax issues because they made so much money on selling carbon credits. Hmm. This this does not constitute um, financial, financial advice. advice. <laughs> <laughs> you just got me thinking about the post I put on. Um, LinkedIn last night of a freezer full of 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 lamb that came from a friend's farm, and uh, I was talking about you know how good it is to go from paddock to plate, and it got bad. It got uh, blocked as being inappropriate for a LinkedIn post. Why? Because yeah. it had pictures of meat on it or something. Well, it's either that or I use the word killers, meaning as in, you know. Oh uh, yeah. Lambs that are about to be killed, and or it might have because I said non meat eaters look away now. I haven't quite worked out how that's, that's funny because one, one of our previous guests, uh, Alison, the butcher girl, yeah, oh, yeah, she's puts up stuff constantly, but like she put up yeah, yesterday exactly. things, things it, it might have just seen the word, maybe the word, maybe it's just on the word killer, it's probably it's just gonna some what, kind of a set what, of words. That, that's one of the things I've noticed when we upload the podcast. Sometimes, if you use certain words in the in, in the, the description, in the description, it can take two days for it to actually appear on Apple. So, if you mention Brexit, Trump, those are the ones I've noticed. Whenever we mention those, it hasn't gone up. And then, if it's delayed, I usually just re-upload it. Don't t- take those controversial words out, and it's an hour later. It's online. Yeah, that's what I was going to do this afternoon. <clears throat> do a test and take out the word killers and see. Because I, I actually tagged you in, Andrew, um, in the post. But, um, yeah. We'll give that a try. Watch this space. Thanks for having me. No, we're always good to have a chat. I'm not sure if we stayed on topic. Uh, probably probably but, didn't. But it was fun. Mm, um, yeah. We should, we should get you on again soon. Yeah, on before maybe before the fourth anniversary. But it was good to, to chat, Kate. Thanks for your time. I and um, see you when you've got nothing on. Yeah, she's always, always good to um, 
have a casual chat with you chaps and you know go serious occasionally and spend most of the time talking rubbish it's one of my favorite things to do it's easy